AmeriHealth Caritas Florida is a local Medicaid health plan. We're on a mission to help our members meet their life's needs. As a member of AmeriHealth Caritas Florida, you can get a smartphone for your household at no cost to you. The phone includes monthly data and minutes and unlimited text messaging. With us, it's about you. Learn how to enroll at www.americhealthcaritasfl.com slash enroll or call a Medicaid Choice Counselor toll-free at 1-877-113-662. Proudly serving Indian River, Martin, Miami-Dade, Monroe, Okeechobee, Palm Beach, and St. Lucie Counties. AmeriHealth Caritas Florida is a managed care plan with a Florida Medicaid contract. The benefit information provided is a brief summary, not a complete description of benefits. For more information, contact the managed care plan. Limitations, co-payments, and or restrictions may apply. Benefits, formulary, pharmacy network, premium, and or co-payments slash co-insurance may change. We can use tech to build a stronger democracy and a fair economy. Really. Join me, Baratunde Thurston, on September 23rd and 24th for Unfinished Live a convening of technologists, journalists, artists, and changemakers. You'll hear from Ethereum co-founder Gavin Wood, Glitch CEO Anil Dash, journalists Casey Newton and Anne Helen Peterson, and more. Go to live.unfinished.com for tickets and use the promo code LIVEAUDIO. The cannabis industry is evolving at a radical pace, progressing toward the green peak. Each week, join Richard Zwicky, a cannabis visionary and entrepreneur, as he interviews experts from around the globe to discuss updates and evolutions in the world of cannabis. Let's make that climb together up the The Green Peak Peak. with your host, Richard Zwicky. Hi, everybody. I'm Richard Zwicky with The Green Peak. And joining us today, we have Philip Jarrell and uh, Luis Consegra, who are both with uh, WE Canon Company and Wellness, which is a subsidiary of uh, WebBanks, which is a premium uh, or leading distributor of premium wine and spirits through uh, LATAM, Central America and the Caribbean mostly. And uh, welcome aboard, guys. Tell us a bit about, you know, for the context, the WB Bank, uh, WebBank's distribution. What brands that people would be familiar with do you uh, work with? Thank you, Richard. Um, so we've been developing uh, a strong portfolio of wine and spirits for the past couple of decades uh, to service the Caribbean, uh, Latin America, cruise lines and travel retail throughout the Americas. And some of those brands would be including, um, for some of our territories at least, Tito's Vodka, um, Di Sorono, um, Jägermeister, uh, the Constellation Wines Portfolio, which would include uh, the mm-hmm. Prisoner, Mayomi, uh, the Treasury Wine Estates Portfolio, Behringer, Penfolds, uh, Camus, and many, many, many others as well. And uh, Well-known brands. Yeah, really well-known brands that uh, consumers know and trust. And so that led you as well, the company into, and you know, yourself, you're the COO and uh, Luis is the uh, area manager based, you're based out of uh, Florida and Luis out of Puerto Rico. Um, that led you into cannabis. Uh, how did that come in being part of the WebBanks group? So uh, I'll, I'll throw that to Luis. This is more <laughs> of a, a lifelong dream of his. Uh, yeah. So uh, my, my dad started uh, WebBanks about, uh, 10, uh, 12 years ago now. Uh, and I, you know, for a long time, I've always been a really big advocate of cannabis. I've always really been into it. And for as long as anyone has listened to me, I've always said and really truly believed that uh, 
in the future, the cannabis industry would very much mirror the, the wine and spirits industry and, and how things would grow. And, you know, growing up around that industry, I could see the similarities and I would just talk to anyone who would listen about it. And uh, so my sister was working for the company last year. Obviously, COVID hit uh, pretty hard. Um, and so uh, she was in charge of generating new business ideas. And one of the concepts that came up time and time again was the idea of CBD, the, the new booming industry. And she began to put it together, got the ball rolling, and, and we decided to sort of take a leap and, and execute on it. Fantastic. And so, um, you know, you've focused in on distributing through the same region as uh, web banks. Um, obviously, you know, one of the things you mentioned was the cruise ships. And I know there's been a lot of discussions about how cruise ships are going to handle cannabis. How are you approaching that? So we've made a lot of approaches to cruise lines already on that. Um, and there, there is some interest for sure by, by several, I, I won't call any names as yet, um, but the, the, the uh, regulatory issues that happen within the islands themselves, where many of the uh, ships are flagged or, or where, they're, where they're ported, um, until it becomes legal in those specific countries, uh, the cruise lines are, are taking a very uh, cautious approach. Uh, but there, there's some work in the background there where, where there is uh, definitely some interest. And uh, we look forward to when those sort of regulatory issues are no longer uh, in some of those key markets so that we can jumpstart that segment of, of our business as well. When you look at the brands you're going to be uh, distributing, I know one of them is the uh, Marley CBD portfolio. Yeah. How, how are you defining which brands to work with through the Caribbean? Are there some that are you know stronger local names as opposed to obviously Marley's global name? Yeah, so when we when we were looking at this, um, it was important for us that we select and curate a portfolio uh, of, of trusted names that had really high quality, um, a good reputation, uh, people that we wanted to be able to work with. Um, so all of those sort of go into hand in hand. So the, the past uh, several years, 15 years of, of myself working in the Caribbean, um, you know, developing relationships is critical. You know, you can have the best product in the world, but if you don't have great relationships on the ground, uh, it's kind of off or not. So for us, being able to bring quality name brands like we do on the wine and spirit side in the CBD world and, and our wellness division as well um, was was just second nature. You know, you know. So starting off with Marley, um, what name is more synonymous with the Caribbean and and cannabis than Bob Marley himself? Uh, so that that one was just a natural fit. Uh, that one that was was it a easy. tough one to acquire? It uh, no, actually it wasn't. Uh, so a college roommate of mine is the CEO, who was the parent company for for the Marley CBD brand, um, and so <clears throat> he came into his role around the same time that we were looking at this, and uh, so it was just serendipity. You know, you you just kind of come together, um, and um, you know it was just meant to be, I suppose. Um, but we started to really look at the the other you know the categories that we wanted to uh, apply, just like what we do with wines and spirits. You know, looking at do we do we are we able to to all of the different categories that we want to be able to? And so, um, Luis and some of uh, some of our other colleagues and I really sat down and thought through you know the, the different categories within um, CBD to make sure that 
yes, we have something that's, um, that is a recruiter into the category, uh, but have something consistent across, across all, all of the different um, categories, price points, um, and, and such to, uh, to give us the greatest opportunity for success. Now, we're not finished developing the portfolio by any means, but uh, we think we've got a great start with Marley uh, and a couple of other brands. Absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's a great brand to work with. Um, and the source of products you're going to be offering through, the, through that portfolio. I mean, no, I, I know you're including teas and edibles and all sorts of things. Yeah. What, um, where do you see the biggest up, uptake in uh, the cent Central American Caribbean region? Well, I think each one will have will definitely have its own sort of uh, uh, pros and cons in every market. You know, one of the, the things that is so unique about our region is that it's genuinely fractured. You could see another island from the island you're standing on and they'll speak a different language. They'll have an entirely different culture to them that just does not resemble the island you're on. And so where one island might you know, really be for the smokable category, the inhalables category. Another island, the next one over, may be more in the med medicinal approach, the, the behind the medicine cabinet approach of, of CBD. And so for me, it, it, it depends on the region. You know, I think uh, here in Puerto Rico, where there's already a, a medical cannabis, uh, uh, cannabis is already medically legal here. I think that the medical CBD and, and skin creams and stuff like that will start to do very well. I, I think because of that infrastructure in place, I think the medical aspect will do well, as opposed to say the Virgin Islands, where I see the grab and go convenience of uh, the Marley brand doing incredibly well uh, in exchange. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, with each of those markets, it's there must, there's obviously going to be, uh, you know, it's individual marketing strategies you talked about. How, how do those vary? The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors. It's time to hemp present. I am going to titillate your audio orifices with weekly radio rendezvous with some of the premier movers, shakers, and history makers of the cannabis community. Radio resident Hempo Sapien Vivian McPeak. I will be putting out a call to action on the issues of the day and putting your interests under the big lights as I provide cannabis commentary and weekly interviews that go straight for the nugular. Marijuana! Hemp presents only on Cannabis Radio. Climbing our way up, up, up to the Cannabis Summit of Success. Cannabis Radio is back with more of the Green Peak. And we're back on the Green Peak with uh, Philip and Luis from WB Canon. You know, gents, the, you know, the market in um, so many areas of the world has, outside of the U.S., has developed slower than expected um, based on forecasts that were prepared you know, three, four, six years ago. And that's due to a lot of regulatory delays more than adoption because we know the consumers are there. Um, you you're have to face that obviously in uh, the markets you're operating in. How are you looking at the development of the, uh, the market in uh, Central America and LATAM? Obviously, you know, I think the local numbers or the, the region is a multi-billion dollar opportunity but it might be delayed by a couple of years versus where the uh, projections were before. How do you look at the, uh, the revenue opportunity? So certainly we, um, we went in thinking or knowing that regulation was going to be an issue. Mm -hmm. uh, but 
I believe that we also underestimated just how cumbersome that was going to be. Um, even in the markets where uh, CBD is legal uh, and there is some local product already in the market, um, there's still a, a misunderstanding from several levels within the market as to how to use it, how to display it, how to sell it to, to consumers. So we've adopted, and, and, and we did from the beginning, adopted a very uh, educational intensive um, piece. Uh, you know, one of the other areas that frankly we're gonna have to um, be more aggressive with is more of an external affairs uh, approach. And so that is, in, how, do we engage, um, how do we engage local government? How do we engage um, uh, the ministers of health, ministers of, of finance, show them how to make money? Um, you know, there, there's a lot of education uh, that we've got to get to at a higher level before we can actually get to the end consumer. Um, and, and, you know, we're, we're dedicated to that, and, but it, it, is a, it is a long, long process. Um, but you know, if it were easy, then someone else would have already done this and, and we wouldn't have <laughs> an opportunity. Uh, but it is, it is a reality is that um, you know, we're, we're, we're doing a lot of the heavy lifting early. Um, hopefully we're able to get in with, with our partner brands um, um, and, and uh, you know, really establish the category in, in many of our markets. You know, so our, our revenue opportunity is frankly still a little bit um, unknown what the potential is. Um, you know, there's no real reliable uh, data sources on, on what the size of this market's going to be. I mean, there's not a, there's not a Nielsen database for the Caribbean and Central America on, on what, what this is supposed to be. Um, so that makes a, a, a young, you know, a, a company large enough to have scale uh, and relationships, but small enough to have, you know, a, a sort of a flexibility in how we approach things. We, you know, we don't have a cookie cutter approach to this is the way it's gotta be. So remaining flexible, learning as we go and, and, you know, partnering with our in market experts, our, our distributor partners there, you know, and, and sort of tailoring a, a move uh, from you know, Costa Rica is going to be different than Guatemala and they're next door yep. to each other, right? No, uh, absolutely. And, and, you know, as you said, the, you know, the regulators are an interesting uh, group to work with. I've worked with, you know, government officials across many jurisdictions and I actually enjoy working with uh, them. I found you know, not just the experience I had in Peru, but in Colombia with the Israelis, with various North American jurisdictions and um, others around the world that have, you know, in Europe, uh, with uh, both in the UK and uh, a couple of the other jurisdictions around there that have been involved with the governments and helping give advice. It, it's been really interesting. There, there is a general desire to move ahead. There's just, it's, sometimes it's actually the bureaucracy behind it that isn't quite sure how to move ahead uh, because, let's face it, the regulatory framework for everything can be quite complicated and onerous, so it moves slower than expected. But, Indeed. you know, it, and, you know, I'm always happy to work with those groups because they, uh, they do want to get to the same place. But, you know, you mentioned about the, the data, and I know like New Frontiers has uh, very general data. Prohibition Partners did a really excellent report, um, I think it was last year, that included data on uh, LATAM, which showed the strength of the market that's coming. Um, not just Latin, but Central America and the Caribbean is a distinct jurisdiction. And Stephen Murphy's been quite uh, quite outspoken about that there. I think um, we're going to have to have him on the show again shortly um, with regards to some of the uh, changes in the market. But 
So the regulators in each country look at the uh, look at the medical, recreational, and wellness tracks um, very distinctly. How, how do you approach those? But also, how are you finding the different jurisdictions to be approaching them from your perspective? And will you deal with all three? Uh, I think in the future, yeah, definitely uh, look forward to, to working in all three categories. And it, it will definitely be a balancing act, uh, you know, depending on the region and the culture and, and the feel of, of each individual market. Uh, here in Puerto Rico, uh, as I said, it is medical here, uh, strictly medical. Now, it is actually quite easy to obtain a license these days. Uh, they've uh, sped up the process and, and created a, a much quicker route to getting it. And so while it is medical, it, it balances, you know, one of that fine lines of, of you know, recreational ver versus medical. Uh, for the most part here, I, I believe that, you know, for the next few years, it will continue to be a sort of medical um, holdout. Uh, but at the same time, I see Puerto Rico, you know, in the once the U.S. Uh, goes uh, recreational with cannabis, being a supplier, a large scale supplier for recreational cannabis for the Caribbean. And so I think, you know, the, uh, the Puerto Rican producers and the government themselves see the potential of what it might be in years to come and are growing at a pace to try and meet that. Right now on, you know, for WB brand specifically, then you're warehousing, I believe, out of Miami. Um, and, and your the products you're shipping to each of the markets is CBD focused. Do you also have licenses and rights around THC products for the future? We're not there yet. Um, yeah. Until until THC is more uh, well, a federally um, uh, approved. Um, I, I think we're going to stay focused on CBD. Uh, a, it's a way to um, you know bring people into the category, uh, countries into the category. Um, a little bit more um, studiously, I suppose, <laughs> and, you know, get, you know stepping, stepping people in, into the category uh, gradually, um, because even where uh, cannabis THC is allowed um, or being talked about, it is going to remain medical for a long time. Even the markets where nothing is legal today, including CBD, there are conversations in, in the works, you know, the Bahamas, Barbados, and several others that they are looking very intently at, at medical THC mm -hmm. as a first step. It, there's a long way to go on some of those markets for, before recreational uh, THC comes into play. A very long time, I think. But CBD allows us to maybe piggyback onto the medical THC side and, and give access to the category and start to do the education that allows people to get more, much more comfortable make it a part of their everyday lives and improve and improve lifestyles along the way. No, absolutely. And you know, that educational curve is uh, incredibly important. And it's something which uh, a lot of groups underestimate how much work is involved in that you must be uh, with dealing with all the jurisdictions you do that must be uh, a big part of your day. For sure, for sure. And there, there's certainly a generational uh, shift that's happening right now too. Um, in some very conservative countries uh, you, you've got some people, some, some companies that uh, have been led very strongly for you know, mul multiple decades by uh, multiple generations uh, that, that are, have been pretty steadfast that they're not going to move into this direction. However, there's a new generation of, of entrants into, into the family businesses uh, across mm -hmm. the region um, yep. that uh, are, are definitely pushing 
their 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 families and 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 their countries into into the 21st century right yeah no and you know that that's very true there's a generational shift that um leads to a for want of a better term and you know for our audience i, I look at it as the better mindset it's a more open-minded uh perspective as a, and it's not necessarily that everybody's going to be full-on you know supportive but they're not going to be full-on against they're, they're actually much more open-minded in general as the uh the generations move in and that, that you know that's not abnormal no no for sure not and, and you know it, this this sort of open-mindedness that you speak of there it's, it's absolute because if, if you look at a younger demographic you know people who have left their home markets gone to college and come back to uh, their home countries they're saying, holy cow, we can't continue to survive just on tourism alone. Mm-hmm. We've got to diversify and find other revenue streams into our, con- into our country uh, that, that allow us to, be, to compete with you know, other countries in the region, other countries around the world. The world's a hell of a lot smaller today than it was 20 years ago uh, when, it, when it comes to idea exchange uh, and what it takes for, to survive in, in business in 21st century. And so this this new wave of ideas coming back to their home markets certainly will benefit this this category. So we do have to take one more break, um, and we're going to be back in a minute with Philip and Luis from uh, WB Canico and Wellness, um, which has been a really interesting discussion about the Caribbean and uh, Central American markets. We'll be back in a moment on the Green Peak. I'm Richard Zwicky. The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Climbing our way up, up, up to the Cannabis Summit of Success. Cannabis Radio is back with more of the Green Peak. And we're back on the Green Peak. Uh, I'm Richard Zwicky with Philip and Luis from... Uh, WB Canna and Wellness. Um, guys, been really interesting discussion. You know, one of the things I talked about earlier was, and, you know, highlighted was your exposure with the Marley CBD portfolio. And, you know, you mentioned you've got some really amazing brands in the alcohol space, wine, spirits, and the like. But you also have CBD MD and Secret Nature, which are going to appeal to a different audience. T- tell me about those. And also, you know, do you look at continuing to expand the range of brands or? Is there so much work in these ones that that's going to be the focus for the next while? So let me start with Secret Nature because you know I, I got into the alcohol business twenty plus years ago uh, as a craft beer geek, and I, I really championed doing education, uh, recreating the you know, what the what the set looked like in, in retail and and and, and uh, restaurants uh, with that with that sort of approach with education, and so this that it reminded me so much. And, and Luis's um, uh, energy and passion for something specific like Secret Nature just reminded me of myself so long ago. Not, not to age myself, but I guess I did. Uh, but if, if Luis could speak a little bit about uh, the love affair with something as, as, as high quality as Secret Nature. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, uh, one of our values at, at WebBanks and Canico is that uh, we love to be geeky about our brands. And as Philip was saying, for him, it's wines and, and craft beers. And I knew I'd really found a home for myself when, when we were talking about bringing on the brand Secret Nature. So they're a, a, a very premium indoor cannab- uh, CBD flower uh, uh, company. And Where are they produced? Uh, they're out of Huntington Beach, California, but uh, they they are produced in uh, in a couple different states at, at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe one of their grows is in Oregon at the moment. Um, but so they're a very premium uh, cannabis uh, 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 CBD flower company that basically started in the recreational market. They found far too much restrictions and regulations preventing you know true and proper growth, and they saw yep. huge potential in taking all of the skills that they had learned and uh, uh, growing premium uh, marijuana and decided to apply that to CBD flowers. And so the products that they have, you know, look, smell, taste like, you know, the the highest quality uh, uh, marijuana out there, but it is, you know, 0.3% THC and less. And, you know, that combined with their absolutely incredible packaging and their very craft feel towards uh, uh, towards their product really just sort of jumped out at me uh, and and Philip and the rest of our team when we were looking at, at brands early on and their really organic growth and ability to go and, and grab people is really powerful and one of the things that they refer to themselves is that they are the first medical cannabis uh, uh, company that can sell across in state and international lines because they believe that their premium cannabis flower truly is medicine. Right. And that's important. And then CBDMD? Yeah, CBDMD um, just gives us such a great opportunity to, to roll in and, and really speak to a different consumer. So we're, we're not talking about the traditional cannabis consumer with this. This, this really allows us to, to go in and, and have a conversation with the doubters uh, for, for, for this category. You know, give them something that they don't necessarily have to ingest, but something that they can try by using a topical and, 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 ha- and seeing some pain relief and for, for maybe for arthritis or, or some sort of skin condition or something like that. And so we've been able to do a lot of testing um, with, with some doubters in the, uh-huh. in the Miami area. Uh, certainly in in the islands and in Latin America too, and 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 wow, what what a I, I believe we've had a one hundred percent conversion rate uh, when we when we've been able to show people that brand. Um, it has the look and feel of something that is prescriptive without being prescriptive. Um, it it looks and feels like something that your pharmacist would would definitely be recommending. And we've had many conversations with pharmacists in certain markets uh, who are very comfortable. Um, you know, attaching their recommendation to something like that. So that sort of third-party validation is, is very helpful. Um, but, you know, breaking outside of, of the traditional stereotype cannabis was very important to us to be able to recruit, um, you know, a, a different type of consumer, an older consumer, a more affluent consumer, uh, and, and CBDMD certainly allows us to do that and do it consistently. There's no one who produces CBD more consistently at a high quality than CBDMD does. Right, and you know, that third-party validation is incredibly important as anybody is entering into new markets. And I, by new markets, I don't just mean for your for your business, but for markets that are going through and just opened up because yeah. the physicians and doctors and pharmacists and everybody else, that's one of the things they depend upon to understand 
what to offer and when. Right. So it's great that uh, they're providing you that and, you know, that information for, for distribution along the way. And it's, it's the brand that allows us to really have that conversation with, you know, minister, ministers of health and uh, certain markets and, and, and really break down that barrier of, oh, cannabis isn't what I thought it was. It, there is uh, a usable application, something that will help make, make my, my constituency feel better. Uh, without necessarily having, you know, worrying about them getting high or, or, or anything like that, a true right. uh, medical relief uh, expectation. So, you know, just as a, I think we're going to be running out of time, but one last question um, with regards to it, obviously, you know, people travel the world, they look for products as they travel, they don't want to carry stuff internationally because you can't, um, or you're going to run into problems. But one of the things, you know, the Canadian market thought was going to happen with the uh, full opening up of the market here was that there'd be a lot of, uh, you know, the producers were talking about there being a lot of canatourism. And they also talked about it with regards to the Caribbean and Central America. How do you view that? So in our, in our beverage world, you know, there's a rum trail. You, know, you mm -hmm. can go from island to island to island and, and taste all of these different styles of rum. Yep. We certainly think that that's going to, that, that already exists for cannabis, whether it's, it's uh, yep. uh, structured, structured um, for, for medical, or excuse me, for uh, tourism or not, um, that, that's to come. But it, it, it's certainly something that is going to continue to get organized. Uh, there are people who are, are laying the groundwork on that in, in multiple countries throughout the region already. And I know Luis has, has spoken to a, a, a few people about that as well.